Welcome, everybody, to Our Community, Our Mission, a podcast of the Topeka Rescue Mission. Uh, this is our first inaugural podcast under the title, Our Community, Our Mission. I'm Barry Feeker, Executive Director of the Topeka Rescue Mission, and uh, we are starting this weekly update that will come out on every Thursday. Uh, in order to talk about uh, the Topeka Rescue Mission and the ministries of the mission, as well as what's going on in our community and how you as a listener um, are part of this and how that you can be involved. Um, some of you may be aware that the Rescue Mission started a, a video podcast on YouTube called In Darkness, A Light Still Shines. That still will continue. Instead of it being once a week, it'll be once a month. And uh, we're going to put a little bit more effort into that to help bring out the ministry aspect of the Topeka Rescue Mission through In Darkness, A Light Still Shines that you can find on YouTube as well as Apple and Google. So today, again, is the beginning, the inaugural launch launch of our community, our mission. We're going to have some different guests that will come along and talk. Uh, this is strictly on audio. It's uh, going to be on Apple Podcasts, Google's podcasts as well. And you can find um, our community, our mission on the Topeka Rescue Mission website, which is trm, trmonline.org, trmonline.org, or our Facebook or other social media that you can uh, be able to find this. So, I'm very pleased to have a good friend here today and a gentleman that I've had a chance to network with for a number of years now who really shares what I call the other rescue mission, and that is the Topeka Housing Authority. (laughs) And so uh, Trey George, who is the president and CEO of the THA, or Topeka Housing Authority. Welcome, Trey. Thank you, Barry. Pleasure so, yeah, how long have you been uh, involved with TR, uh, Topeka, <laughs> yeah, Topeka, TRM, THA, uh, Topeka Housing Authority, um, in your current role? And you were involved with uh, THA before that. Yeah. Um, current role as president and CEO since um, April of this year. So, um, just past uh, seven months, I guess now, okay. um, getting there. And um, I've been with the Housing Authority um, a total of um, eight years. Um, mm-hmm. Was the executive director for THA Inc., which is the nonprofit development side of the Housing Authority. Um, previously. And um, when I became the president and CEO, kind of merged those two positions together. Yes. And so there's also a family connection here. There to, is. Uh, THA. What, what was that family connection? Um, my mom, Sophie George, was um, the previous president and CEO. Um, and she had been with the Housing Authority actually for 20 years. Um, she first went there um, on a temporary assignment under um, Mayor Joan Wagnon mm-hmm. um, back in 1999. Um, it, basically because the housing authority was bankrupt um, and uh, had been identified as a troubled agency by HUD. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Sophie George, my mom, and um, John Johnston at the time uh, were asked to go to the housing authority on a temporary assignment to try to kind of right some of the wrongs. And um, 20 years later, she retired from there. Um, so it was a long temporary Passed assignment. Passed it on to her son. That's exactly <laughs> right, yes. Um, and, and oddly, and it's just kind of funny how... Um, how, where life takes you, but um, my grandfather, um, Sophie's uh, father-in-law, was the um, first executive director for the Housing Authority in Little Rock, Arkansas, oh, a number right. of years I didn't ago. Know that. Um, and so, and something he just kind of happed into as well. It wasn't, uh, you know, there's not really a. There is now, but there's not there at that time. There was not a schooling that you went to to become, mm-hmm. you know. But there is now. There is now, uh-huh. right. um, and uh, there and mostly it, it falls under public administration and things of that sort. Because most housing authorities are part of a local government, um, as THA was up until um, well, 2001 when it was formally removed from the city. I remember your mom, Sophie, uh, back when she worked in the mayor's mm-hmm. office. Uh, we would have different meetings over there, and just what a sweet lady, and and uh, and just was thrilled that she was able to step in with John to rescue 
the housing authority because there were some days where that was uh, not a pretty picture. No. Um, that is very people true. need this, and we're going to talk a little bit about what Topeka Housing Authority really does in a minute, but um, it, was in, it was in a tough situation. And um, when Sophie came over with John Johnson, um, just ter- incredible transformation occurred. And um, so uh, I've enjoyed working with her, working with you. I, I remember um, a number of years ago, and it may have been around the eight years ago or whatever, uh, John Johnson called me up, who was the executive director of uh, THA at that time. And he said, hey, you got a few minutes. Um, I'd like to uh, come by and let's take a ride. And so uh, if anybody uh, knew John, you know uh, how incredibly brilliant this guy is. Um, uh, one of those provoking kind of individuals that puts the issue on the table, talks about it with a great intelligence, but never um, is very politically correct. And very so he, very well said, but, but the thing about John that, that I absolutely loved is his being director and, and now he's moved away and I get emails from him yeah. every once in a while just to help me to get some new perspectives is that he was an out of the box thinker. Very much so out of the box. And so, uh, anyway, you guys came over to the rescue mission one day and, and John's driving and, uh, and you're in the back seat mm-hmm. and we took a ride. We did. And uh, I remember that conversation so well as we were going out north mm-hmm. um, and we were looking at visioning of possibly a village mm-hmm. that we could work with the homeless and be able to uh, have industry and, and all kinds of things. And that was kind of really the beginning of me getting to know John a whole lot more and a little bit you at that time, of course, knowing your mom as she worked in the city and then was over with the housing authority. But I uh, I just, uh, just began to understand the Topeka Housing Authority even better, saw the vision that you guys had. And the reason I call it the other rescue mission is that uh, oftentimes uh, people that leave Topeka Rescue Mission go to your place and you rescue them and you help stabilize them. And you guys are really in the gap. So talk to us a little bit about the Topeka Housing Authority and what it does today. Yeah. Um, and I, I first, I, I remember that uh, that drive very well. Uh-huh. I remember the the village we were envisioning was going to have this um, uh, tilapia. Oh yes, farm aquaponics. In, in the middle of it, which, which is funny how uh-huh. then we ended up um, with aquaponics. But mm-hmm. yes, right. um, so the Topeka Housing Authority, we are the public housing authority for Topeka and Shawnee County. Mm-hmm. Um, Government and, organization, private organization. Um, we are what's called a, a public nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, we are our current format is a quasi governmental entity, mm-hmm. which basically means that we are a non-federal agency that administers federal programs. Mm-hmm. Um, 100% of the housing authority's budget and funds um, come from the uh, federal government. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're, we're kind of this in-between creature um, that nobody really <laughs> seems to understand, and then most people don't understand what a housing authority does anyway. Um, but we provide um, safe, decent, affordable housing for low-income, extremely low-income families that um, live in Topeka and Shawnee County. Um, and so we have... For, for lack of better description, two major lines of business. We have public housing, which is um, housing that we own, operate, and maintain. And we have 744 public housing rentals in Topeka. 744. Correct. That's but a pretty good amount of property is. management. It is. Uh-huh. Um, and that's between nine different developments. Yes. And um, so it uh, definitely keeps us very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, the other um, kind of line of business that we have is what's called the Housing Choice Voucher Program, um, Section 8 being the most common name right. for it. Um, and we have um, 13 
1,350 families assisted through that program currently. It's incredible. It is. Um, you put all that together, that works out to be roughly um, 4,000 individuals that we are either directly providing housing for or assisting in their housing on a nightly basis. Um, that's roughly 4% of all Topekans or 21% of all Topekans with an income under $20,000. There you go. That's a huge, huge gap that's being met, uh, filled, filled the gap. It it's a need that's being met. Um, and the, the need is much larger than that and much larger than we're able to do. Um, we do have other affordable housing providers in Topeka, which we're very fortunate for. Um, but we do also uh, maintain a wait list that really never ends. Um, on the public housing side, we probably right now have roughly about 200 um, people on that wait list. Um, on the Section 8 wait list, um, we have roughly about 1,800 people on that wait list. 1,800 on the wait list. What is that average wait to get a Section 8 now? Yeah. And that's a um, government program that passes is. through you guys. So it's not like you're making them wait. It's money that's that waiting is, to come. Yes. Right. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, it, it The the number of people that we're able to assist on both sides to it um, is strictly based off of funding, um, mm-hmm. and those limits are set by um, the federal government. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the average wait list right now, um, I would say, or the average waiting time on the wait list and it's always a moving target. I would say on the Section 8 side, you're probably looking at about a year right now. Um, it The reason why we, we have our voucher authority, which is that 1,350, um, we fairly consistently, I would say, um, lose approximately 20 to 25 people per month off of the program, either because they have, um, which is our most ideal goal, become self-sufficient, no mm-hmm. longer have the need for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do lose some each month that um, are unable to follow the rules or, or meet the requirements of the program. So, so explain that Section 8. What is, um, how is somebody eligible for that and what uh, what does that do for them? Right. Um, so both with um, the Section 8 program or uh, public housing, there are income um, limitations. Um, so you have to be under a certain income um, in order to be eligible. That income is based off of the number of people in a household. Um, and so the more people that you have in a household, not necessarily wage earners, but just more individuals in a household, then those income limits go up. Um, and there are different income limits for public housing and for Section 8. Um, but, um, but you do have to qualify income-wise um, and be able to prove that income. And then there's also... Um, uh, qualifications as far as um, you can't have basically a criminal history within the last five years or felony criminal history. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some other nuances to that. Um, and as long as you qualify for both of those, then you get to go on the wait list. Um, on Section 8, it is strictly, if you came in before me, you're, you're mm-hmm. ahead of first, me on the line. wait list. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a preference for both of our wait lists, and that is if you are working or elderly or disabled, then you have a preference over individuals that don't have one of those three. Mm-hmm. Um, on the public housing side, though, the wait list is broken out by bedroom size. So whatever the, the bedroom size need is for that family, then you're either placed on the one-bedroom, the two-bedroom, three-bedroom, four-bedroom, or five-bedroom uh, wait list. So what do people do while they're waiting a year? <laughs> they they, uh, they <laughs> typically are, are one of well, one of several options, but um, they could be very well to speak a rescue mission. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, individuals that uh, that come and apply every day, and, and that's their address on record. Um, most others, I would say, are um, kind of doing the couch surfing, um, you know, living with friends or family, um, and uh, some are on the streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so some very desperate people who, uh, when they finally do, um, get into the program. It's very important that they maintain staying in the program. Correct. 
and, and uh, we have a lot of rules, um, mm-hmm. which um, is is frustrating at times um, because mm-hmm. um, it's you know you're you're probably in some sort of crisis uh, situation when you've come to us. Uh, most people are not coming in saying, "Hey, I'd like to live," um, you know, in, in one of your properties. Um, but they've they've obviously experienced something in their life where they're um, they're needing some assistance, and so um, it's it's a lot on their mind already. And then we bring them in and we say, and here's a whole rule book that you have to follow, um, and um, that's easier for some than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we know about uh, some of your properties like Polk Plaza, Jackson Towers. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many different properties, uh, not just the rentals out there, not just the rentals, you got yeah. thousands, but right. uh, what about these uh, larger facilities and what are they for? Yeah. Um, so we do, we have nine different developments um, in, in Topeka. Um, our oldest and largest is Pine Ridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, You sure have cleaned that up out there. Yeah, you know, and you talk about when, when John and Sophie came over, um, that's one of the stories I know that Sophie would always tell is that, um, you know, Pine Ridge was in really bad shape. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there were was um, 15 homes that had tarps over the roofs um, because they had leaks and had not been repaired. Um, there was actually a home that um, a vehicle had driven through the front wall and, and landed in the living room, and mm-hmm. um, that was just kind of shoddily boarded up. Um, and so it was in really bad shape. Um, I know when you talk with law enforcement, they talk about Pine Ridge um, back in kind of the 80s and um it, they did not go to Pine Ridge um, mm-hmm. as a single unit. They would have to wait for additional cars before they were allowed to go in. Um, and we For safety actually, for law enforcement correct. and firefighters and everyone else. Everybody. Yeah. Any first responders, um, they were not allowed to, to right. go in basically without um, law enforcement. Um, that has vastly changed. Um, and people will still say, well, I hear about crime in Pine Ridge. And, and what, I, what I typically will respond with is, you know, I hear about crime everywhere. Everywhere. Yep. And and in every city, mm-hmm. um, I know Topeka gets a bad rap sometimes about oh, small gosh, they're, towns they're, anymore oh, that you hear about. Some of our absolutely. rural communities are having different tragedies and homicides and whatnot. So absolutely. it's it's an issue everywhere. It is, um, but yes, Pine Ridge and and I think another huge benefit for um, for Pine Ridge has been the Pine Ridge Partnership, which has really come into um, into play for in over the last eight years. So uh, what's that? Nine years. What's Pine Ridge Partnership? Um, Pine Ridge Partnership is a um, partnership. Kind of there's there's lots of partners in it, but um, the primary um, partners in the partnership is um, our residents first because um, we couldn't do all the services that we have on mm-hmm. site. Um, but we have um, the Topeka Housing Authority, um, Topeka Public Schools 501, um, uh, United Way of Greater Topeka, and uh, most recently Washburn University has become quite a, a partner in it. And um, what the Partners Partnership is, is we have a parents as teachers facility on site, and that was the first offering in the partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we donated the use of the community center, and they moved into that, hard to believe, almost uh, coming up on nine years ago now. Yeah, right. Um, and the reason why that was that was first done was um, Dr. Yabara, um, phenomenal man um, mm, in our community, um, was chair of our board for a number of years, mm-hmm. and he had a huge passion around education, huge passion around people. Um, and what we saw was that our family's uh, youth were not arriving to kindergarten um, in line or, or ready um, with with the other students in the classroom. And so Dr. Barr went to Dr. Singer um, at that time, uh, who was the superintendent for mm-hmm. 501, and said, you know, this is what we're seeing. What could we do? 
And Dr. Singer said, you know, let's 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 start with parents as teachers. And so parents as teachers moved into the uh, community center, and they were that first year they were open a couple days a week, a few hours a day, and they were packed the entire time that they were there. And so seeing that our families um, wanted the education that was being provided there, and um, hearing some of the stories they really needed the education. Um, Dr. Barr went back to um, Dr. Singer and said, what else could we do? And so the following year, um, we were able to uh, renovate uh, what was a residential duplex right next door to the community center into uh, Pine Ridge Prep, uh, which is an early learning early learning center preschool. Um, there's 26 of them in the state of Kansas. Uh, Pine Ridge Prep is uh, unique that it's the only one that's not attached to a traditional elementary school um, and more more differently is located in the middle of a low-income neighborhood in, in converted residential structures. Um, fast forward a few years, there's now three um, classrooms um, it, it, that make up Pioneer's Prep. There's 51 three- and four-year-olds that attend school there every day, uh, and there's zero cost to any of the families for their children to attend school there. You know, Trey, I remember uh, the day we were riding around with John, mm-hmm. and uh, we were uh, just kind of having vision casting, and, and one of the questions that uh, was coming up is how do we move people beyond just housing? Yeah. You know, how do we um, help them to understand their value? And Absolutely. you guys have just, you know, I know you were working on this before, like we were at the rescue mission. Mm-hmm. It's not just about shelter. Well, shelter is important. It is. And not about just food, clothes, and shelter, but it's about the value of a person. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is exactly what you guys have invested in. And, you know, the title of this, Our Community, Our Mission, mm-hmm. it really has been our community and our mission that's come around to increase the understanding of value and then invest in the value of the people. Absolutely. So this village we were talking about, we never built it out north, no. but <laughs> you guys did something over there by the housing authority. Mm-hmm. And what's that called? Uh, Echo Ridge. Echo Ridge. Yeah. yeah. Talk a little bit about Echo Ridge. Echo Ridge uh, is uh, one of our public housing developments. Um, it was kind of a unique um, deal that uh, HUD put out some additional funding for housing authorities. It was During the stimulus the, monies. Yeah, the uh, R grant. Right. Um, so the American uh, Reinvestment Recovery Act. Um, and so THA, um, John authored an, an application to HUD uh, for some additional funding. Uh, very fortunately, we were one of 16 housing authorities that were selected across the country to one um, of 16 out of the whole nation. Correct. And there's a little over 3,000 housing authorities in the country. That's so something. Yeah. yeah. Um, John was obviously a phenomenal um, writer um, and, yes. and brilliant, as you said. Yes. Um, and, and a lot of times to spite HUD um, because they don't make <laughs> the application very simple. I remember John talking about that application. He had, uh, you know, pulled it all together, you know, in a very short time frame, submitted it in and received an email back that it was not in the correct font. Um, and they wanted the entire thing redone. Um, and now, <laughs> granted, this was HUD's website. You did not select the font. It was, you went onto the website, you typed it all in, and they kicked it back that it was in the wrong font. Um, That's brilliant. Yes. <laughs> so he got it resubmitted in the correct font. We could go off so, on that for a while, but we'll, <laughs> right. we'll refrain. But anyway, um, yes, uh, very fortunately, uh, we were one of them selected through the competitive process um, and received a $10 million um, ARA grant. Um, and so with $10 million and an additional about $3.5 million in tax credits, uh, low-income housing tax credits, we were able to build Echo Ridge, which is a beautiful <laughs> development. Um, if we if, if we could receive funding all the time, all of our properties would be built to that standard. It was at the time, and part of the, the ARA grant 
was you had to build this super green community. And so there's a lot of amenities. Um, oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah, at, at Echo Ridge that uh, we would love to duplicate everywhere. The utility bills there are so minimal, um, which is a, a huge benefit for our family. I'd never heard of porous concrete before. I had not either. So uh, <laughs> what happens is you can take a five-gallon bucket of water, mm-hmm. dump it on your sidewalk, Correct. and watch it disappear into the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And that goes down into a system mm-hmm. that helps to utilize the hydro for helping to uh, heat the homes through right. heat pumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, that day that he introduced us to that, he just took that bucket and poured it out, and that it just disappeared in the mm-hmm. sidewalk. We're going, this is magic. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. But so, you know, when, when uh, you guys did that a lot behind the scenes, there mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of fanfare on that mm-hmm. until the day that you invite us over to look at it. And, and I, I don't know how many people have watched the movie The Ten Commandments, but there's this scene where Moses is showing Pharaoh uh, he opens up this curtain and all these monuments built of Pharaoh. It's like this whole city of Ramses and that kind of thing. And it's just like behind the scenes, Moses had been doing all these amazing things to equip this incredible city. And there's, uh, it's just absolutely beautiful in that movie. I walked into Echo Village that day. Echo Village? Echo Ridge. Ridge, Ridge. Mm-hmm. I walked into Echo. It's a village too. It but is. Echo Ridge mm-hmm. that day. And I walked into that whole uh, arena and it was a similar experience for me to say I had no idea this was being built and how phenomenal it was and still is today. It, it really is a trendsetter. And that's one of the reasons Topeka Housing Authority in Topeka, Kansas, has been recognized nationally uh, for the innovative things that you guys have done and continue to do. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You have a partnership with law enforcement mm-hmm. uh, where you have community officers that are some of your locations mm-hmm. to be able to have uh, this kind of community policing. Absolutely. And that's not to fight crime. That's to, matter of fact, one of my neighbors is one of your community officers oh. and, and uh, just absolutely great guy mm-hmm. who works over there who helps people to feel safe. They got law enforcement that they trust and they can work with. And it's different from the days when there were tarps over roofs. There were cars inside homes. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> And uh, today to where there is such a great feeling and, 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 and an understanding of the value of people who are really, really on hard times and may remain on hard times for the Absolutely. remainder of their life because of handicaps or mental mm-hmm. illness or just uh, just never got the right kind of education or whatever. It's not an enabling place. No. It is not just a survival place. It is a place where people can have a life and they can be productive citizens to feel safe and be productive in the community amongst their neighbors as well as um, as the whole community at large. And so you've got a lot of testimonies that come out of that. Even you created the whole aquaponics tanks over there, which I know that's been an interesting experience. It is. <laughs> and tilapia and gardens and all that kind of stuff. So the list goes on and on and on that we could talk about Topeka House Authority. I'd like to focus today a little bit more also on some other things that we're doing as a community to reach out to the poor. Um, obviously, we have over 2,000 people come to the rescue mission. Many of those are families. We have quite a number of children uh, that come to us um, that really are in the most desperate time in their life. And we have great confidence that when we can get somebody in the housing authority, they're going to be good. They're going to be fine. So that's a, we love the partnership that we have with you, and so does the whole community. Um, we have a lot of kids um, still today in Topeka who are um, homeless, mm-hmm. and uh, they're trying to go to school. Um, we've created something called Impact Avenues yeah. in the community that's getting kicked off. Talk about your involvement with Impact Avenues. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I would say this is probably something very similar, um, at least from where my knowledge on this started, um, as talking about human trafficking. Um, if you'd have came to me and said that we had, you know, 600 
um, school-age kids that were homeless uh, on, on a nightly basis in Topeka, I would say you're crazy. Um, <laughs> but that is exactly where we're starting from. Um, and so when we first heard about it, um, definitely knew this was something we wanted to be involved in. Um, so with Impact Avenues, there are Impact Thursdays. Um, and so families that have um, that have either self-identified or been identified as um, being homeless and have a school-age children, um, they can... Um, speak with, um, I, I guess, a navigator is kind of the mm-hmm. description of it. Who, Case who, manager, who, yeah, we call navigators, yeah, right. Um, who uh, is an employee of, of the city because they are kind of the um, uh, the leader of this initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they're identified as, um, depending on what their needs are, then they're invited to come to Impact Thursdays. Um, depending on what their needs are, housing being one of them, then they'll um, reach out to the housing authority and say, hey, we do have a family who's going to be here on this Thursday. Uh, we have staff that goes over and meets with them and discusses um, what their options are. And um, and as we've as we've talked about it as a community and as we've talked about it as an organization, the whole intent behind this is to do something different um, and to not have all of our silos and, you know, we can't do that and to, to find a way to not say Not communicating yes. with each right. other. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, which, I mean, I, largely I have to say for, for Topeka, I think we have an amazing community. We have a very we giving do. community. And I think we have a lot of really amazing organizations that do work together very well mm-hmm. um we uh, you know then ourselves included are guilty sometimes of, of getting stuck in our our rules and our processes and and what we constantly really try to do is is find a way to say yes and and, and a way to make things happen um it rather than no um as i tell people all the time you know no is doesn't cost me any more money. No, doesn't cost me any more hours of work. Um, and yes, does, yes, um, it does. always. Um, yes. But I know I like to say yes. It's just it's very rewarding. But also by saying yes, the impact that we have on those families is is much greater. And we're able to um, hopefully provide some services for somebody who um, we you know we could say no, <laughs> but we prefer to say yes. So you're one of the numerous different organizations coming together yes. on what we call Impact Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just kicking this off now. Mm-hmm. We've been learning from what they did in Wyandotte County yeah. in regards to their uh, Wonderful results. their program and seeing a 50% drop in homeless students mm-hmm. in one of the poorest counties, if not the poorest county in Kansas. Yeah. Um, so uh, what I liked when I heard about them is that when agencies come to the table, Everybody has to come with a solution. Right. Nobody can come with a no. Right. Um, it's all about the yes. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to find a solution. Yeah. And uh, when I heard that, I thought that, I said, what do you do with people who say we can't do this or that? And they basically said, stay home. Yeah. Don't come. They're not invited anymore. So that's right. <laughs> so it, it, it comes down to that point of where we say, is it okay to be homeless and go to school um, and, and be a homeless student in school? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, no, that's not okay. Yeah. You know, it, it, kids need a good education. They need safety. They need to not just be uh, living in a car or couch surfing. Um, even in a homeless shelter like Topeka Rescue Mission, it's much better than those other options. But we need to get them housed. Mm-hmm. We need to get that family stabilized. So we're part of that, and uh, just tons of other agencies are part of that to help these people move forward. And, and so um, we are hoping that with the yes um, and we've kind of taken that word yes here at the rescue mission and tried to employ it within our own selves and saying, we need to be a ministry of yes. Yeah. And we've kind of broken that down is the, the Y stands for you. Mm-hmm. The E stands for exemplify. 
and the S stands for solutions. So like we it. own it and we say you exemplify solutions. So we're looking for solution finders awesome. versus no's. We're also challenging uh, through the rescue mission churches to be ministries of yes or churches to be yes. Mm-hmm. Instead of a bunch of rules mm-hmm. that we have, we got to have some rules. You know, I mean, There's got to be Always. some policy. A HUD's yeah. going to hand you some rules. Oh yeah, Life's going to hand us some rules. Uh, consequences hand us rules. But we have to be as light on the rules as possible mm-hmm. and as much about solutions. And that's where we establish. One more thing I'd like to talk to you about is that human trafficking issue. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, Trey, that uh, uh, that you didn't realize uh, about the homeless kids, but also mm-hmm. when we started talking about the fact that we have human trafficking in Topeka and Shawnee County, uh, and, and of course, you're one of the first guys I wanted to talk to on this because of where you're at. You're on, you're on the front lines of vulnerability like mm-hmm. we are. Um, you and I have worked together. Uh, matter of fact, when I chaired Safe Streets for seven years, and then I went over to the High Crest neighborhood, and mm-hmm. we started uh, uh, developing what we called Net Reach. At that point, you took the chair position over in the Safe mm-hmm. Streets program, so we just kind of worked together on all kinds of things yeah. over the years. And um, when we talked about human trafficking, how'd that hit you? Um, I was dumbfounded. Um, again, if if you had well, and you did. <laughs> you said, were you aware this was a problem? No. Um, and I was I was speaking with a group um, just last week about the first time I heard about it and I heard about human trafficking, I really thought, well, this is something that happens in other countries. Mm-hmm. This isn't something that happens mm-hmm. here. Um, and what I've learned over the last year and a half or so is that it is here. Um, it is a problem here. And um, very fortunately and, and very wisely, uh, Freedom Now has has started an initiative to um, end it here. Um, and I, when you called and said, "Hey, will, will you be involved with this?" Um, one, anytime Barry calls, the answer is always yes. Um, well, I like to but, hear that. Yeah. <laughs> but, There's some people I'd like for you to help talk to if I, you would. I will be more than happy to. <laughs> um, but then learning about it and finding out the problem of it and as I tell people, the reason why I want to be involved with it, why THA needs to be involved with it is because we do um, provide services for vulnerable populations. And it absolutely scares me when I drive through our neighborhoods and I see our young people um, out walking around and knowing that very easily somebody could pull up to them and offer them something um, that they don't currently have in their life, whether that be um, material objects or just, um, you know, love and compassion or or that that belonging um, and could fall into this, you know, human trafficking world is, is it likes it, it really, it scares me. Um, and so being able to, you know, do whatever little part of it that I do and, 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 you know, being able to help get the information out there, um, and bring people together and, and talk about it, um, is, I wouldn't do it any other way. Um, but it is, uh, it's, it's, it's scary. It's, it's a real thing that, that happens. Well, it's scary and it's, it's just one of the most traumatic, tragic things that I've ever encountered and seen the, the brokenness, um, THEA, TRM, both on the front lines of vulnerability. What human trafficking is in a, in a simple form is the exploitation of vulnerability. So they look for kids, uh, adults, whoever, even disabled people, uh, unfortunately, babies mm-hmm. um, that they can use and sell. Mm-hmm. And it happens right here in our country. It happens right here in the heartland of America. It happens right here in the capital city of Kansas. And so we are determined to do every single thing we can to combat this. We're gone, we've gone beyond awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gone into uh, what we called uh, sector swarming, mm-hmm. uh, operational swarming, and you were a part of the neighborhood uh, sector on that uh, over a year of digging in and doing discovery so that we have a better idea of really what we're facing here. 
Um, and you guys have done a phenomenal job. And now you're uh, helping coordinate one of the lines of action um, to be able to really put the, the pedal to the metal mm-hmm. to drive tra- trafficking out of the community uh, of Topeka Shawnee County and help us to be able to get ourselves in a situation where we are free from human trafficking here. Trey, you just, you've done, uh, you're, you're an incredible friend. You guys have done amazing work um, with the Topeka Housing Authority, uh, not just being over there, but throughout the community to make a huge difference for people, whether they are just falling on hard times or whether they're chronically homeless, uh, whether they have um, uh, human trafficking possibilities in their life, whatever the case might be, you guys have just been a tremendous partner, tremendous leader, you personally. Um, of course, you got some big shoes to fill with your mom and John Johnston, and you're doing it. <laughs> you are filling those shoes um, to keep this thing moving forward, and we're just uh, we're blessed to have you as the leader of the Topeka Housing Authority. Well, and that means the world, Barry, especially coming from you, but. Um, we could not do uh, most of what we do without our partners and Topeka Rescue Mission is definitely one of those very huge partners. Thank you. Um, you personally are a tremendous leader in our um, community as well, um, both just yourself, but also with the Rescue Mission. Um, you know, we, we go to different conferences and we talk about, um, you know, some of the things we do because it is a little bit different than some other housing authorities. Um, but one piece we always talk about is that important component of what the Topeka Rescue Mission plays. Um, and that's very different. You, you know, you, you go to other communities and they may not have good things to say about their housing authority. Most other communities don't have good things to say about their rescue mission also. Um, and it, it, it is definitely, like I said, it's an important component, and we really do have just an amazing group um, in Topeka. Well, we really do, and thank you for those uh, those comments. You and I both know uh, the, the quarterback is only as good as people on front lines. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I am only uh, able to do and say what I do because an incredible staff that we have, an incredible group of volunteers, and incredible support base of, of, of supporters in yeah. the community. And, and why we can go to other communities and other communities come to us mm-hmm. and say, hey, look at what's going on in Topeka is because we have an incredible community. In spite Absolutely. of our problems, oh, yeah. in spite of our challenges, there's a high poverty rate here in this community. There's a lot of people in need. There's vulnerability. Yes, there's human trafficking. Uh, just like every other community, but we are proactively trying to do something about it. So just in closing, Trey, um, if you were going to speak to people, which you are right now, uh, (laughs) about our community, our mission, what would you say to them? Um, you know, I guess a lot of what I've already said, just that we really do have an amazing community. Um, we have a lot of really talented um, folks in our community. We have a lot of people that are truly committed to making a difference, saying yes, finding a way um, that Topeka can be the best Topeka that it is. Um, and um, I'm excited about the future. I think that um, that if ever we probably have some of the um, best people and and um, groups and, and organizations working towards um, a lot of um, good and working well together, um, which hasn't always been, I'd say, the, the case in Topeka. Um, sometimes it's a little bit territorial, but through these partnerships and everything that we do, um, it provides for you know shared credit, shared responsibility, and I think that goes a long way. Excellent. Trey George, thank you for joining us on our inaugural, <laughs> our community, our mission and a podcast of the Topeka Rescue Mission, which will be aired uh, once a week as an update and having community guests come in and talk about uh, our community and what is our mission in our community that we work together. Uh, thank you for joining us today on Our Community, Our Mission with the Topeka Rescue Mission. If you're interested in more information about the Topeka Rescue Mission, you can find us on our website at trmonline.org. If you'd like to give and help support the rescue mission, you can 
can also do that there. Or you can text TRM Give to 77977. Text TRM Give to 77977. We'll come back next week uh, with uh, an update of where we are with the Topeka Rescue Mission and its financial challenges that it's uh, experienced in 2019 and some really good news about what God is doing and what you're doing together as our community, our mission. Thank you and God bless.